Hello, I'm Ryan Cook, and this is Civic Tech Chat, a podcast about the civic technology movement. We seek to harness the power technology has to improve the delivery of public services to people everywhere. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on to Civic Tech Chat for this episode. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Great. Thanks, Ryan. So my name is Kelly Taylor. I'm the director of the newly formed Colorado Digital Service. Uh, Much like uh, other initiatives that you see in the federal government and across other states, the Colorado Digital Service is a group of product managers, engineers, and designers that come spend time working for the state in a digital tour of service. So anything from six months up to two years. Uh, The team works on the governor's top priorities, uh, much like the U.S. Digital Service works on kind of agency's top priorities. We're one month in and uh, very exciting. Uh, We are hiring. Uh, We are starting to get some, some project work done. So it's been a great start. As always, we like to start with why with the podcast as we get going into an episode. So what would you say is your personal why? You know, that thing that makes you want to get out of bed each morning to do what you do. So for the last 20 years or so, I've been building software across a variety of different startups. I've been through several acquisitions. And uh, most recently, my team and I were acquired by IBM Watson so we spent a couple of years uh, building APIs there and you know, mostly around natural language processing and computer vision. And during that experience, you know, I kind of was able to see across lots of different industries from healthcare to government. Uh, and I you know, began getting into things like open data. And at that time also just you know, in, in my personal life, just getting more kind of civic minded, more interested in government, more interested in, in um, you know, how technology is impacting citizens, found out about things like Code for America and these other initiatives that are out there. And I talked to uh, Anish Chopra, who was the first CTO of the U.S. government, and Susanna Fox, who is the CTO of Health and Human Services. And uh, they pointed me towards the U.S. Digital Service, which I had never heard of before. And the U.S. Digital Service is a, is a team that formed after you know, the, the kind of launching crash of healthcare, healthcare.gov, there's kind of this famous story of, of that project. And, um, you know, in, in that team, you move to DC for a year and work on, you know, hard problems in government. And I never thought about working for government before. I really knew nothing about the state government, really didn't know anything about federal government. You know, I was looking to my children's like third grade social studies class and they were, you know, knew more about government than I did. And, uh, but I started thinking about it and the idea of impacting citizens with the technology skills, you know, the thing you've been doing your your entire career um, really appealed to me. So we decided to try it and I thought it would be a one year thing and done. Right. And, uh, it turned into this real love of, of the impact and the work. So, you know, when you're working on these large problems in government, um, your work can potentially affect millions of people and improve their day-to-day lives. So that really, you know, began driving kind of the next chapter of my work. So as I 
as I returned back to Colorado after my time in DC, um, you know, this, this kind of passion for, for impacting citizens and, and for working in government continued. And that's what led up to the, you know, the beginning of the Colorado Digital Service. Are there any pieces of media, whether it's a video, podcast, print, or something else entirely that's been especially inspirational or informative to your practice? Yeah, sure. There's a couple of um, blog posts that I, I tend to talk about all the time. And just yesterday, I was mentioning the, the managers and makers, um, famous post by Paul Graham, and uh, also talking about uh, Government 2.0 and Government as a Platform by Tim O'Reilly. Those are two that, for whatever reason, throughout my last couple of years now, from the U.S. Digital Service and now the Colorado Digital Service, I, I just seem to talk about that over and over for people that are interested in what's happening with the civic tech scene, places that I, I really, you know, spend a lot of time with people that are interacting in this, these places and like, you know, conferences and so on is Code for America, which I mentioned before. So the, the Code for America yearly conference is like really the center for civic tech, you know, the, the premier civic tech gathering. Um, so that's in DC this year in March. And, um, you know, just really following that community on Twitter and places like that is where I spend a little bit of time to kind of follow along. The opposite side of the coin is local uh, government and local politics. So I, for example, subscribe to Colorado politics, like, a, 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 you know, the, all about the local um, scene here. And that just helps me stay informed of what's going on. You know, it's it's really interesting going from federal to state because it, the state especially here in denver especially around the capital you know it quickly becomes a very small community you know you you get to know the state representatives and the state senators and various people you know the heads of the agencies very quickly because you're running into them on the street and you know so i, I feel like as you start to work in this area you know just like in a large enterprise you build up your network to help you get things done the same thing in, in state government, where you really need to build up your network to get things done. And a big part of that is understanding kind of what's happening in the news, you know, what, um, you know, what does the, the budget look like for the next fiscal year? You know, what are the, the priorities of, you know, the, the executive branch and the legislative branch? You know, also here in Colorado, we're a very, uh, you know, a purple state. So you have and when it comes to technology, a very different state. So you have agriculture and farming and oil and gas in the rural settings. You also have rural settings that have ski towns and tourism. And then, you know, all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the Denver Boulder Corridor, which is, you know, closer to a, a San Francisco than, you know, than a, a mountain town. So, you know, these, these issues that impact our state, really very widely, especially when it comes to technology. So those are, you know, following along kind of the, the national civic tech scene through a code for America and the local political and state tech scene is kind of how I approach it. I imagine coming from a practice role like product management and transitioning to a director position as something that would take a bit of adjustment. What has that experience been like for you so far? So my experience at the U.S. Digital Service was actually quite refreshing because it is just about the work and nothing else. 
especially when you come in as a, you know, a member of a community practice. So uh, my work in DC last year was with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid building an API called the Blue Button API. And all I thought about day and night was this API, the developers using the API, the Medicare beneficiaries and the applications they'd be using that were empowered by this API. It was quite refreshing because there was, there was really nothing else uh, or not much else to think about, which I loved that. Building the new Colorado digital service team, of course, things are quite different where we're very you know, focused on building a, this great talent pipeline. Uh, after Governor Polis announced the team last month, we've had hundreds and hundreds of applications for our first four positions. So it's been really about uh, applying product thinking to our talent pipeline. So understanding what's working, understanding what's driving interest, understanding uh, how we can scale out, you know, the very steps in the pipeline, like resume reviews to our technical interviews to our EQ interviews and so on, um, automating that. And from talent pipeline to really working on our specific project work, which is just getting started with a project called HR Works, to building up connections in the network within the state government. Um, the Office of Information Technology here in the state has about a thousand people. Um, and that office uh, really provides kind of support all across the governments. We work very closely. You know, all these things, you know, kind of have to work together to get the team started. There's also a lot of education early days here, you know, educating and talking with legislators, talking with executive directors and understanding um, how the state continue to draw in um, engineers and product managers and designers uh, that are interested in coming to help the state for you know six months up to two years. Moving now to the main topic of our conversation, the Colorado digital service itself. Uh, let's also start with why to frame this as well. So what would you say is the why for the Colorado digital service? You know, in my time in D.C., uh, again, I was all brand new to this, this type of stuff, the government work and getting things done in government that really impacts citizens. And, you know, I was so just impacted by that experience that as I was thinking about coming back to Colorado, you know, I started talking to different people that I was meeting in the Colorado state government, mostly through my work at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, you know, that that agency in the federal government. Uh, because, you know, has a lot of overlap between the federal and state government because of Medicaid. And so I was talking to lots of folks in the Colorado government working on Medicaid and, you know, just telling them what I was up to and, and how great it had been and, and really kind of changed my life and how Colorado was right for a team like this. <clears throat> we have Colorado and the Denver Boulder corridor is really the second headquarters for lots of tech companies. Um, from Slack to Microsoft to you know, Apple to Google, you know, all the tech companies, uh, Strava, like they have offices here and it's really, the tech scene is just thriving. So that's a really kind of great foundation um, for talent to go help out in government for a little while. We also have a really strong uh, university system here and a really strong startup ecosystem. So you can imagine, you know, as I was coming back to Colorado, the way I was thinking about this is, you know, startups that are failing, 
great engineers that are uh, looking to take a leave from their company or are ready for maybe the next uh, the next challenge. Like this is a type of talent that is ready to come solve some of these super hard problems. In conjunction, you know, a lot of the work that I was doing in DC was all around things like health data interoperability, these problems that need really a strong technical aptitude, but also this really high EQ to be able to, to get things done, a real good understanding of policy and these various things. So the type of talent that needs to come in on a digital service team is, is really senior, right? And been through these problems before in large enterprises. So kind of wrapping all that together, plus my experience, I was you know, really excited about you know, a, a team forming here. We, uh, you know, I mentioned before that I had gone through Techstars years ago and Governor Polis was one of the co-founders along with Brad Feld and David Cohen of the Techstars Accelerator. Governor Polis is a tech entrepreneur. And so the, the conditions just seemed right, you know, for this team forming. Also, when you look across kind of the, the national landscape, it's been five years since the U.S. Digital Service formed after healthcare.gov. There's digital service teams all around the world, from the UK to Argentina. Estonia is well known for their digital service efforts. And here in the US, state digital service teams are also forming. So you see uh, Governor Newsom in California has made a huge investment in their kind of innovation and digital service efforts. The state of Georgia has a digital service team. There's new teams that are formed in North Carolina, in New Jersey, in Connecticut. Massachusetts has a team. So this is, you know, this trend has been happening across the U.S. And I think the reason that it's happening is bringing talent in from the private sector into government doesn't necessarily say that there's not great talent in government because there is great tech talent even in government um, from the vendor community to uh, the ecosystem players like Code for America and others that kind of wrap around uh, government to the agencies themselves. But introducing kind of private sector into government, giving them this interface to come in, um, it just levels up everything. So you're bringing in, you know, cutting edge practices. So you're bringing in engineers that are, you know, have been working CICD pipelines and deployment strategies for years and years and years. This is not something that's brand new to them, like it might be on a government team. Um, some government teams you see are, you know, they're beginning their agile transformation. They're beginning to think about their API strategy. So you have people that, that can come in that have been doing this for, you know, decades, right? And so it's a way to really accelerate um, some of the learnings by bringing this type of talent in to, to work alongside um, the civil servants. For listeners out there that might not be super familiar with the model of a digital service team that we've been talking about here. Uh, how would you describe that model and what makes it a unique structure? So the, the digital service model, at least here in the US, um, I, I don't know if it was invented by the US digital service, but certainly tuned by it. Um, the model is that you come into the government, you become a government employee, and the type of employee that you are is, has a term limit associated with it. So in the US Digital Service, I think that began as a two-year term limit, it's now four. Uh, there's teams like 18F, 
that is run out of the General Services Administration in the in the government in the federal government. I think it's also a four-year term. And the idea is that this is not a full-time career path that people joining digital service are looking for, but they are looking to make an impact and they know that they have the skills that can make a difference, right? Whether they're an incredible product manager, we have a role we call bureaucracy hacker, which is uh, maybe not the most you know, technical software engineer in the world, but someone that's able to really get things done in a unique way you know, engineers, designers. So, you know, give them an interface into government uh, where they can come in, make an impact immediately, work on high priority projects, whether it's uh, what we call discovery sprints, you know, prototyping, wireframing things, whether it's some sort of modernization effort where they're, you know, taking functionality and helping move it from the mainframe to the cloud, or whether it's something like running a bug bounty or, you know, scrubbing in and helping if there's some sort of, you know, cybersecurity attack, it's things like that. Right. And the model is to come in, make an impact and then head back out to your, you know, previous career path. Now, one of the things you see with, as people come in and get exposed to government for the first time is they, they end up staying and doing other impactful things in government. So we've had uh, engineers from the U S digital service go on to become, you know, CTOs or deputy CTOs of federal agencies, right? We now see as I'm doing here in Colorado, U S digital service alumni start state digital service teams. And so, you know, that's, that's not everybody that joins U.S. Dual Service. Most people, you know, head back to San Francisco, head back to Boston and New York, head back to Denver, but some people do stay. So anyway, that model is very appealing, at least for me personally. You know, if, if the pitch was, all right, go from, you know, your, your 20-year career in startups and tech companies and join government now for the next 40 years, you know, I wouldn't, that's not something I would consider. Right. But this idea of, hey, do you want to move to D.C. for a year and work on a couple of really hard problems and then, you know, go to your next startup or whatever? Like, that's really what I had in mind. And it really appealed to me. And as I talk to you know, tons of people across the civic tech landscape, uh, they feel the same way, whether it's 18F, Code for America, uh, U.S. Digital Service or State Digital Service team. It's very appealing. And as far as the way that the uh, Colorado digital service fits in like as a puzzle piece, as it were with the rest of government, Uh, how would you describe that structure? Like what's the relationship like between this new agency and other parts of the state government? It's a great question. So as I mentioned, uh, Colorado has an office of information technology and that's led by the the chief information officer, Dr. Teresa Sizerick. And about a decade ago, Colorado centralized a lot of their, you know, quote unquote IT. And you can imagine that the economies of scale that are gained by centralizing, you know, laptops and things like that and data centers. And, and uh, so, you know, the, the centralization of technology here in the state is really strong and uh, doing awesome things. And so our team, this digital service, we uh, are in the office of information technology. I report to the CIO. Uh, 
the Office of Information Technology is within the executive branch. It's not an agency that stands alone. I think Colorado has 17 or 18 agencies, um, like the Department of Personnel Administration, you know, Department of Transportation, Corrections, agencies like that. And so we uh, really are within OIT, and our kind of charter, our mandate is to work on the governor's priorities. So I mentioned kind of the type of work that a digital service does, right? From a discovery sprint being very early all the way through to, you know, helping with infrastructure, right? Modernization efforts. Um, so one, you know, good place that I think a state digital service can help is um, you see legislation passed in a state, right? You also see this in, in legislation and regulation in the federal government. So legislation's passed, regulation is, is created. And in the past, that's been treated as kind of a requirements document, very much a waterfall approach. Here's the legislation. Sometimes in legislation, you see specific technologies um, outlined, data standards, things like that, which is a terrible idea, by the way. So this, this kind of waterfall approach, uh, a digital service team can help improve that by doing early prototyping, doing lots of user research, and that can in help inform the policy makers, right, in their decisions. So a lot of the work that you see from digital service, whether it's a U.S. digital service to state digital service teams, is saying, hey, you know, let's go talk to a bunch of users, let's show them some things, let's get some more input, and that's just additional you know, information that policymakers can use to help create this policy and guide things. So, you know, those are some of the things that kind of we see and how we think that we fit in to this broader, you know, huge enterprise technology, whether it's efforts and team across the Colorado government. Could you talk a little bit about the experience you went through trying to advocate for that as you return to your to Colorado to kind of get this off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mentioned I had, I had met a couple of, of people um, that working in on Medicaid things and for the state and because uh, I was involved in the healthcare data interoperability work at the U.S. Digital Service. And so it began, you know, with a couple of just real lightweight conversations and a couple of phone calls here and there and and, you know, one meeting would lead to another. Um, every once in a while, people that I had met would say, hey, you know, and they would send me people to talk to. They were interested in things like how to create efficiencies in government, you know, how to, you know, how we are approaching, you know, modernizing procurement and other things like that. And so that was, you know, what I did while I was in D.C. You know, being far away like that, it really, all the work really felt like it focused around D.C. and, and uh although I was completely homesick and missed my ski season and all that great stuff, you know, most of my thinking was in DC, but as I moved back, um, you know, then I began having kind of more face-to-face -face meetings with people. And, uh, you know, after the, the governor's election, um, really we began talking to governor Polis about this in a real way, you know, again, because we elected a tech entrepreneur as a governor, understands the power of an a good engineering team, good designers, good product people, and the impact they can have on um, 
you know, how citizens interface with government and the overall success of things. Um, he really was supportive. Um, so once, once that support came, you know, we, we really looked to our, the network of kind of leaders in Colorado and beyond for additional advice. So, um, you know, leaders in this area like Brad Feld, for example, a venture capitalist that's, that's been a technology leader here in Colorado uh, for many years, you know, people like that we would talk to and, and ask for their advice on where things should go. And, and um, that was extremely helpful. Um, then as, you know, as the team, uh, as we got really serious about doing it, I was introduced to Matthew McAllister. Matthew spent five years in the Obama administration, the Office of Science and Tech Policy. He worked for Megan Smith, um, who was the CTO at the time, other things. Um, and she connected up on this. Uh, Matthew really brings that, you know, I mentioned the bureaucracy hacker. You know, he really brings that understanding of budgets and legislation and getting things done in government. And I was bringing kind of the, the project work, um, the product management type of thinking to the table. And Matthew comes from also the, the city of Denver. Uh, so we started working closely on this and um, started talking about budget and what the original team would look like. Um, as we, you know, the new CIO uh, joined the Polis administration, uh, we began working with her on truly understanding the team because the team would, you know, live under her, of course. And we uh, did some kind of a unique thing, I think, for the, the beginning of a state digital service team where she asked us to do a, a kind of a sample project, a quick discovery sprint. So we took a look at, at this new HR and payroll system here in Colorado, HR Works. And we had a volunteer uh, team came together. So just friends of mine, there were these great software developers and designers and product folks here in, in kind of Denver and Boulder. Uh, we spent two weeks with the HR Works team um, just doing some user interviews and, and really helping them understand you know, ways to become more efficient, right? And uh, so we talked a lot about agile software development. We talked a lot about DevOps, um, a lot about kind of product thinking, product roadmaps. And that helped demonstrate um, the impact a digital service team could have and how it's a little bit different. Uh, and so after that project, um, I think people were pretty comfortable with the idea of, hey, Colorado should launch this digital service team and it'll be a great way to get more and more people into the state government. And kind of one, you know, after that, um, it was all about working with the legislature on the budget and we had budget approved uh, you know, a couple of months ago to start the first version of the team. So it sounds like there were a couple of audiences that you had to win some buy-in from there. There was, uh, I guess at the start, it sounds like you had to convince the uh, governor's office. And then at a second stage, there was interaction with legislators for kind of the, the funding aspect of it. Uh, are there any like differences in techniques or approaches you had to take in kind of going through those conversations in those kind of two different areas? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and you're exactly right. That was the path, you know, and, and um, I was, I learned a lot about the state budgeting process um, for legislators, you know, it was really about helping them understand, you know, the purpose of the team. 
right? They have funded the Office of Information Technology. Um, why do we need a second team? You know, is there some risk of shadow IT or, or you know, misalignment on things? And so we did spend time with uh, you know the senators and representatives on the various committees. Um, Colorado has a great committee here called the Joint Technology Committee. And, you know, again, going from federal to state, it's really, everyone is very approachable. And it was, we were able to really talk through the strategy for this team and the why. And we really focused on uh, the talent pipeline. It's this, again, it's this interface to government that the tech talent that is drawn to Colorado, they're not, they're not being reached by whatever channels have existed for a long time to be drawn into government. And that's no fault of the channel. It's just different, right? So the digital service is a way to talk to engineers and designers and product managers about spending time in government. Again, this tour service model is the key because this is not a long-term career in government. This is uh, a chance for people to leverage their skills and impact this state that they love to live in. You know, Colorado's known for kind of like this lifestyle first type of state, right? People move to Colorado because they want to live here. And then, you know, they work at the various big tech companies or startups or whatever because of the ecosystem that's here. And so most people you talk to here are very interested in making Colorado as great as it could be. And uh, so we talked a lot about that when we talked with the legislators and um, the, the executive branch and Governor Polis, you know, they, they were brand new to the state, you know, their administration, and they were looking for ways to optimize and improve performance, you know, all the way across, as you can expect, right? I mean, all administrations are always looking to do that, but there's something about, you know, a brand new start, fresh start. And so they were, you know, they got it right away. And we really, the conversations there um, were very collaborative because we both had the same exact goals and the digital service is just one small piece of this overall puzzle uh, to help them drive these you know, performance improvements across the state. And as you were going through this uh, this process of advocating for digital service, or, were there any lessons that you learned along the way that you'd be willing to share with us? Yeah, it's, you know, each digital service team, um, you know, whether it's Colorado, or New Jersey, or California, or New York, uh, or Georgia, they can have their own origin stories. So the, the big lesson, I think, in the Colorado digital service origin story was this discovery sprint project that we did. You know, at, at first I thought it wasn't a great idea to do this. And uh, I was worried we wouldn't be able to be successful, you know, and uh, not the right structure, just kind of this volunteer group of people helping out. But that really proved to be the thing that helped form these really good working relationships, build, it built up trust, you know, and, and it was just this like really good experience all the way around. And it helped me understand really the culture of, um, you know, building software within government because we got to interact with a, an agency and the Office of Information Technology. And 
it, it just it was one of those things that when we finished up that discovery sprint, I was so excited to start the digital service and I knew it was going to happen. You know, the confidence was very high. So you know, a piece of advice there is, and a learning is, is don't be afraid to take on that type of, you know, show don't tell attitude of, you know, we're, we were talking about all this great tech talent in Colorado. And so the CIO said, all right, well, show us, you know, show us this great tech talent and, and how they, you know, how they're going to rally around and help. Um, you know, also I'd say another piece of advice is really get to know your local civic tech community. So we have a very strong code for Denver chapter, a brigade here, code for Boulder. Um, there's lots of things going on. So as we began this effort, um, really just every day led to another like amazing person that I would get to meet um, that was you know, drawn to what we were starting to talk about. So we would do things like um, just have these very informal lunches. We just did one the other day. You know, we built up a list of people um, that we would, you know, just give a quick email to saying, hey, here's a couple of things that is going on with this Colorado service effort to try to build this team. You know, and by the way, we're having a lunch next week on this day. Come join if you can. Um, so that was extremely helpful for building kind of a, a, a group of people here in, in Denver, at least, that were just always thinking about how to help and talking about the team. Um, so it's things like that. Really, I would advise, you know, states starting their, their digital service to, to leverage. I imagine, you know, as a young digital service, you're probably looking at the things in state government. It's a, it's a big space. It's probably a ton of potential things. They all could step in and kind of help uh, optimize, to, to, to use a word you mentioned before. Uh, are there any spaces in there that you're maybe more excited or particularly excited about kind of taking a peek into with your team? So I mentioned, you know, kind of the types of work from discovery sprints to modernization efforts to bug bounties and so on. So that's a good way to think about the overall work is some of these different categories. Uh, digital service teams differ a lot. Uh, so in Colorado, our digital service team will never own and operate anything long-term. It's very much like a come in, scrub in, help out, create momentum type of team, right? Uh, where the Office of Information Technology and the vendors and the, and the agencies themselves, they run the services long-term. Georgia Digital Service, Massachusetts Digital Service, for example, those two teams, they, they run and operate services long-term. So that's kind of the, another thing to think about. So when we look at our, our projects on the horizon and the type of work we're doing, I don't know specifically what it'll be since it is you know, the, the governor's priorities, um, but I do see trends that are happening in the US. So I mentioned Tim O'Reilly's government as a platform and government 2.0 blog post from 2009, right? It's kind of this core read for anyone in, in, in civic tech. Um, one of the things that I've seen is for the last 10 years or so in government, it's been about this consumerization of the government experience, right? I wanna be able to pay my parking ticket online. I wanna be able to find the hours of my local rec center on my mobile device, right? Government should be, um, have a good user experience, right? Things like that, right? That's all been happening, right? Over the last decade. Uh, one of the things that you see, you know, an example of kind of the next chapter is um, 
this project quality payments program that I worked on when I first got to the U.S. Civil Service. It's this program under the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid uh, where physicians report quality metrics to the Centers for Medicare and their payment is adjusted based on these quality metrics, right? So this program, it used to be where physicians would go to a website and upload information, but we built an API for the program. So now companies are able to do these integrations between a hospital's electronic medical record system and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, and everything becomes very automated. So that's one example of kind of this next chapter I'm seeing of the role of APIs in government, right? And the role of transacting with citizens and businesses in the community um, beyond just a consumer experience. So another uh, kind of signal of this is the open data movement I mentioned earlier, right? So when you go to state and local governments, federal governments, everyone has a data portal most of these data portals, you're able to access these open data sets using an using API, of course. Um, you see APIs I mentioned before, like the Blue Button API that uh, gives third-party application developers access to Medicare beneficiaries' health data given the beneficiary's consent. Uh, you see more and more kind of interoperating between agencies to create a better consumer experience. So this next chapter of states having developer portals, providing you know, developer documentation, managing API keys, uh, you know, making data available uh, that was not previously available, all of that will lead to this kind of next chapter of innovation, whether it's around healthcare data interoperability, um, where schools and, um, you know, Healthcare providers are sharing information so they know that a, you know that a student is sick or that they're having trouble in school, and that might lead to you know mental health concerns or something like that. Or if it's transacting with government on the horizon. So when I think about what's really interesting to me, um, you know, that's kind of one place I go, and then the second place I go is is just really continuing improving the citizen experience. So here in Colorado, we just launched the My Colorado app that has a digital ID. So the experience is you download the app, you create an account, you take a picture of the front and back of your driver's license, some sort of magic happens in the background, and now you have this digital ID on your phone. And you know the joke is, oh, can I use it at a bar or whatever? And there's like places you can use it and places that you can't yet. Like you can't use it at the airport, for example. Um, but it's the beginning of this, you know, another big thing that's going to happen over the next decade around identity and just this streamlined mobile, like so such a good citizen experience. So those are kind of two big areas that I've been thinking a lot about when it comes to the, you know, what's on the horizon and, and hopefully what the digital service can help with. So folks listening to this that have liked what they're here, what they've heard so far, might be wondering if you're looking for folks to sign on. And if that's the case, uh, what are some qualities of someone who's likely to be successful, successful in a digital service like this one? Well, one of the really cool things about this tour service model is digital service teams are always hiring, people are always starting, and people are always leaving. So I remember my first week at the US Digital Service, the first big staff meeting, 
with Administrator Matt Cutts, you know, that one of the traditions is this clap off to say goodbye to people that, you know, had been there a while. And I remember just being really nervous, like, wow, you know, the people that were being clapped off are a couple of just awesome engineers and being like, oh my gosh, they're, they're leaving. Like, that's why are they leaving? And it was just, it was an interesting thing to get used to people always starting and people always rolling off. Um, but that's the nature of the tour service model. And it, it keeps the talent pipeline really strong. So um, people that are um, really interested in, in kind of civic things, right? A lot of engineers and designers and product managers I talk to, uh, they have ideas about how to improve their local community. They have opinions on things. They, you know, they have, their empathy is just off the charts, right? They, they have lots of ideas. So that's the type of person that if that's how you're thinking, you're drawn to it, then you'll be very successful on a digital service team. Um, the also, the other interesting thing to really think about is digital service team, especially for engineers is you are not writing code 24 seven. Right. A lot of this is um, helping bring ideas and people together. I mentioned, you know, the intersection of policy and software development. So it's, you know, we have this phrase, the US service, like this is a really weird job, you know, and it's, it's very true. So the type of person that is very comfortable in the middle of kind of chaotic environments, able to create momentum, move things forward where maybe other people can't see it. I mean, that's the type of person that's a great fit for a digital service team. And of course, here in Colorado, you know, we, people can go to colorado.gov slash digital service to, uh, you know, connect with us. And uh, we're constantly hiring, um, building the first version of the team right now. Um, so if you're a site reliability engineer, a designer, a product manager, a full stack engineer, you know, security engineer, um, you know, we are very interested in talking with you. As always with Civic Tech Chat, we like to leave space at the end of our segment to allow the guests time to give us what their concluding thoughts might be. So Kelly, uh, what would you like us to leave this conversation thinking about? Well, I'd like everyone to think about how Colorado has 300 days of sunshine, world-class skiing, a thriving tech ecosystem, and uh, a great place to live. So come and visit and come and, you know, connect with us at colorado.gov slash digital service. I'm super interested in hearing from you. Um, I, my experience at the U.S. Digital Service and now, you know, getting the opportunity to launch this new Colorado Digital Service, it's been by far the most impactful, wonderful part of my career. Um, I encourage anybody that's thinking about this at all to at least check it out. Uh, I never ever imagined I would do anything related to government. And, you know, here I am now a couple years later, just continuing to have fun every single day. So definitely connect with us and, um, and check it out. Great, Kelly. I want again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us here on Civic Tech Chat. Great. Thanks, Ryan. You can follow us on Twitter using the handle at civictechchat, visit us on the web at civictech.chat, or subscribe to us for content updates wherever it is you download your podcasts.